0: ladies and gentlemen good afternoon my name is chervin pethe and i'm one of the new hosts of Lightbulbs, the entrepreneurship club podcast it's a real pleasure being on the airwaves with you we've got an exciting set of shows for the year ahead we'll be speaking to founders and vcs from across london and of course our very own lbs community we'll be hearing about their experiences through the entrepreneurial journey Sharing some inspiring stories, sharing insights, and hopefully having a bit of fun while we're at it. Alrighty, uh, today we're speaking to Guillaume Jacquemin. Guillaume is a founder of Swizzle. Swizzle is your go to platform for expertly curated alcohol and instant personalized recommendations. They're aiming to revolutionize the way we all shop for that perfect bottle of something special. We're super excited to be talking to Guillaume today as Swizzle is launching its app into the marketplace in a matter of weeks. Guillaume, it is lovely to have you here. Thank you,
1: Sharon, for having me. I love what you're doing with the space. Uh, It's great being here.
0: Absolutely, fantastic. Um, It has been so great to see the progress of Swizzle over the past uh, couple of months. I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about your business and how you came up with the idea as well.
1: Sure. So the idea behind Swizzle is quite simple. Both my co-founder and I always felt like the wine, beer, or spirits industry was overly complicated, it was not very democratic. So throughout our personal journeys, you know, we went from feeling like we could never pick the right bottle, that no bottles at our budget was ever worth drinking, or frankly, even just being ashamed to ask for help at a store or ashamed to ask at a restaurant. So we went from that to getting one experience spirits diplomas, learning about different beer one and spirits regions and, and you know processes all over the world. And for me personally, you know, I worked in industry for five years. So we, both my co-founder and I, you know, independently became the go-to person in our own friend group that helped for choosing bottles. So when we finally met during the MBA, you know, and we saw the gap that there was in terms of businesses in the alcohol space in the UK, we knew we had to do something. You know, we decided to heavily look into the market, its needs, its pain points, and created a solution for everyone. And that's kind of how Swizzle was created. You know, we saw a massive opportunity to help people and create a business So we went for it. But to explain this was a little bit more into details, you know, as you mentioned, we're an alcohol recommendation and delivery app. We operate as a marketplace, which means we work with local retail shops on one end and everyday users like you and I on the other end. Our goal is to democratize the alcohol industry. We want everyone to be able to buy good bottles that they specifically enjoy at every price point. To do this, we handpick every single bottle that we make available on the app to ensure good quality and good value for money. Uh, we built this awesome recommendation tool that helps our users get personalized recommendation in less than 30 seconds, regardless of location, preference and budget. And finally, you know, we built our entire app to simplify the buying experience and simplify the complexity of the alcohol industry.
0: Fantastic. I'm sure you'd uh, get quite the, the first couple of user base from uh, the LBS ecosystem itself. Um, we've seen swizzle uh, around the lbs ecosystem for a couple of years now um i'd love for you to tell us about the journey of how that's been like and how lbs has contributed to your business's development
1: yeah of course so lbs has been very instrumental to the development of swizzle you know as i mentioned i met my co-founder at lbs you know believe it or not she contacted me before our program started saying that she wanted to start a business in one and you know she's looking at my experience and thought hey you know, maybe you could help me, you know, through some of the ideas. So before even starting LBS, my co-founder planted the seed of Swizzle in my brain. Uh, but as a team and, and as a company, we went through a program called the Entrepreneurship Summer School in, during the summer of 2021 at LBS. So this was the first time we worked on Swizzle full time and dedicated three plus months to it. It was an amazing opportunity uh, and really helped us understand the amount of work that was needed for us to even have a finding chance at being successful. after the pitching of our business at the end of the entrepreneurship summer school, we took a bunch of entrepreneurship classes at LBS uh, where we use Swizzle as an example or with Swizzle very much in mind, financing the entrepreneurial business, new venture development and many other classes. Uh, And then we also applied actually and got into the LBS incubator. So as we graduated from our MBAs last summer, we moved into our offices at the LBS incubator on campus. Uh, We're currently there. I'm I'm speaking from there now. Um, And that's also been a tremendous help. We've had access to a lot of resources, which has boosted our ability to develop Swizzle. But I want to say, you know, on top of all that, we have multiple LBS friends that have helped us on diverse aspects of the business um, and have been key to making great connections. Uh, We've also partnered with two LBS startups, including Days, which is a non-alcoholic beer, which is amazing. Uh, I think it's an understatement to say that Swizzle has benefited from the LBS network.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, and it's great to hear how both sort of those formal and informal resources you've got uh, within LBS have been helping you out, especially the connections with the the other startups and the ecosystem as well. Definitely. Now, you, you do have your app releasing in a couple of weeks, um, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about the product development of, um, of the whole platform. Something a lot of budding entrepreneurs seem to struggle with is turning, you know, a really fantastic idea into a working product, Um, and especially at a place like LBS, where so many student backgrounds are more business or commercial related. Um, I'd love to hear a little more about the steps you took, say, from those early days in entrepreneurship summer school, from a product lens anyway, um, and how you got to where you are today Did you run experiments. What did your MVPs kind of look like?
1: Yeah, great question, Shoran. Um, we took the blueprint from other amazing entrepreneurs and ran all the experiments. Uh, you know, call it MVP, prototype, whatever you want. Uh, we did it all. So, you know, first we did a bunch of market research, and after doing that, we interviewed hundreds of potential customers, and then launched our service using a Qualtrics survey with a closed group of customers. We you know we made it a lot, a, a lot more complicated than we needed, but we got a bunch of orders and were able to test our value proposition on literally a survey online. We then went through a WhatsApp service, simplifying the buying experience and the question asked, got a bunch of learnings from that, which was great. And that led us to a very basic first no-code app. We experimented a lot with different operational models, different retailer interfaces and different features. We then took those learnings uh, and built a quite an intricate and strong no-code app that we ran on the Apple and Google store for a couple of months. So we had sales, repeat customers, you know, a bunch of great learnings. Uh, that was as close as we got to a real app. Um, we then back. We went back to the drawing boards with all our learnings and interviewed a lot of users uh, Users using Figma prototypes and, and tested that out. And then finally got the learnings and built the full app, so coded back to front end, um, and that is the one that's launching soon. So we went through quite an array of, of, of different types of prototypes and, and MVPs.
0: Fantastic, yeah. And it seems to be the way, right? Uh, test and build and iterate um, all over um you talked a bit about some really important learnings you got as you went through that process um i'd love to hear what those were as you kind of experimented with the product in the early days and how did that prompt you to shift things about the business
1: yeah um i really see it in two different parts once what is specific to swizzle to us and then you know some other stuff that's more general but specifically to swizzle you know we learned that first of all people didn't care about last minute delivery for bottles uh when they asked for a recommendation uh, they didn't really associate our business to last minute delivery companies like Zappo or Gorillas or any even, you know, Deliveroo or Just Eat, any of the food delivery companies. They pictured us as a very helpful tool that happened to have a convenient delivery. That was kind of like the basic model. Um, and that was a big learning from us uh, and helped us adjust our app and our business model. The second part is really just the simple recommendation is the most valuable. Don't overcomplicate things for users. We used to try to police too many user types at the same time, mm-hmm. at the same time, instead of focusing on our core user and then expanding that later. I think those are the two big lessons we got from Swizzle. But generally speaking, you know, we learned that there's a big difference between what customers say and what they do. Sometimes they both align, but not always. I think it's important to test users in multiple different ways and to cross-reference data points. Um, there's a clear threshold of how many bugs or tech limitations users are ready to go through for your product. So know when to upgrade your MVP or when to keep it, you know, with your imperfect uh, product, keep going with your imperfect product. Building Scrappy is always playing on a fine line. Uh, and lastly, kill your darlings. You know, that's the lesson I learned in this obscure undergraduate po- poetry class, but it is really chill. You know, don't be biased or attached to certain features or functionalities that you love. You know, you're not building that for that. Only listen to the customers. And most importantly, focus on solving the problem. And sometimes that means you need to kill the best part of your business.
0: Absolutely. Wow, some some really important lessons there for anyone who's looking at uh, launching their own product in the, uh, in the coming weeks and months. So there are so many low code uh, or no code apps um, available in the marketplace at the moment, as well as AI development. Um, and you mentioned that uh, Swizzle had gone through part of that process as, as well. Can you tell me a bit about your observations about using those um, kind of platforms and what you can and can't do with those tools as well?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, You know, as I said, we use the no-code app uh, for a couple of versions during our VPs. uh, And there's mainly two big companies, uh, which are Adalo and Bubble. You know, we did a lot of research before choosing Adalo. And the truth is, it's a great tool for the beginning, but cannot sustain volume. You know, we know plenty of founders who've used these tools and their experiences are all similar to ours. If anything, they stopped using NoCode apps before we did. Uh, But as I said, there are clear tech limitations on what is actually doable on the app in terms of functionalities and features but also in performance itself. Um, I'd also say that my co-founder found ways to use Adalo that that even paid Adalo experts, quote unquote, didn't know about. You know, um, She literally became one of the most knowledgeable inv- individual on Adalo in the world within a couple months. That tells you what, one, well, she's, how amazing she is, of course, but two, how little help there is on these tools. You know, I, I do believe, however, that this will change as these tools develop, uh, but I think it's a really, really nice way of experimenting your, and
0: creating an app, we uh, need to move out of it quite fast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now going off script a little bit, but you talked a bit about Bubble and Adalo. Yeah. I wonder if you could tell us, you know, why you you ended up going with Adalo and what um, you know what features you thought might be better uh, suited for Swizzle.
1: Yeah, to to be like honest in in the in the nitty gritty details, I don't remember, but it was very mm-hmm. it was very based on how we wanted what we wanted out of our app. So sp- specific features, um, showing our products, getting the delivery set up, for example, which is a big part for us, and also linking with different platforms. I think Bubble was really good with linking with Shopify, for example, something we were not looking at at all. We built our own back end um, and Adalo was just much faster to link w- with your own proprietary back end. So it's some of these technical details that, that we looked into and that, that made us go through the Adalo way. But we spoke to people on both both Adalo and Bubble, kind of Nike, Adidas type of situation. And, and, you know, everyone's wrapping their brand. Uh, but the only that you know the best solution is what's good for your business. I would say do 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 some research before if you're looking into both of them uh, and just talk to people who've built on it. It's super helpful,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think your answer just shows how important doing that research is before you decide to dive into you know one or or either of these platforms. Yeah. So now you're ready to publicly launch the app or the, the more built-out version of the app anyway, which is, as you mentioned, a two-sided marketplace. Can you tell us a little bit about the work you had to put in on both the supply and demand sides of that marketplace, you know, lining up suppliers and your delivery network? How do you think that'll grow and change as you scale? Sure, of course.
1: So um, for the supply side, you know, we work on what we call geographical hubs. So those are ri- retailers and writers. So essentially, we want two to three retailers close to each other, and then we have riders exclusively deliver from there. So as we grow, we will subdivide London, you know, in two, then three, then four hubs to make operations much more efficient, but also the delivery more personal to our users. So, for example, let's say people in Northwest London that all get delivered from one specific hub, you know, located in Northwest London. Uh, we'll keep that strategy strategy as we move to different cities in the UK. Uh, currently, we have a couple of retail partners we have been working with since day one. You know, they've been amazing. They see the vision. Uh, they work with us hand in hand. We also have a list of target retailers that we've already talked to, you know, and we'll bring them on board as we grow. The, the marketplace dynamics are very much at play here, as we need to balance you know, the supply and the demand side at the same time. The last part of the ecosystem are brands, actually. You know, we talk to them all the time, and we've partnered with a couple already. This is the core of our business, great products that have an interesting story. So these brands put us in touch with distributors, retailers, you know, their own customers uh, and just great people in the industry, which helps us grow. In terms of the delivery part, uh, you know, we work with delivery aggregators that help us test our model and adjust to always have the user at the center of the operations. And this hub strategy works really well for growth all over the UK. Uh, with, you know, our delivery partners are present in most cities around the UK, if not all. And there's great retail shops everywhere around
0: the UK. Fantastic. And marketing in a a new app is always a a huge challenge. And with the competition you kind of mentioned in the delivery space as well, it's so important to get that early traction, right? Can you tell us a bit about the strategies you're employing to get the word out there and how they've been effective for you on uh, the demand side as well?
1: Yeah, sure. So one of the biggest strategies to gain new customers is just partnerships. So as I mentioned, all types of brands, personalities, businesses. That actually worked really well for us during our MVP uh, to bring users in, uh, and we'll be working on that much more. It, it's a free way, and, and we're always looking to create win wins that benefit, you know, another brand or another personality, us and our users most importantly. We've brought some really cool uh, partnerships in the past, and we're going to keep keep doing that. Uh, Referrals is a great way of creating a growing core community of early adopters, and it's been really strong for us. You know, we're going to double down on that and reward our early adopters. Uh, dare I say our early swizzlers, uh, we've had a really good amount of people actually organically download the app on the Apple and Google stores during our MVP, which was a very nice surprise for us. And that's something we're going to focus on, on top of the, you know, the, the top of the acquisition funnel. Uh, we'll put some budget behind that and keep improving our SEO on the, on the app stores. Uh, we'll also work on some typical and not so typical marketing strategies mm-hmm. as we relaunch this summer. We'll we'll, uh, uh, we'll talk about this later. Uh, just, keep an eye out in the market. And then, you know, the last part is really product. Uh, A good product has to be your number one marketing tool. I recently heard the founder of uh, Innocent Drinks uh, say something. Mm -hmm. You know, he was saying, if you don't solve a real problem, then great marketing can only get you so far and vice versa. You know, and at Swizzle, we're hyper-focused on solving our user pain points. And we believe that that's the best marketing we'll, you know, we'll ever have.
0: Absolutely. It's it's clear to see that Swizzle has come so far in such a short period of time. Uh, what are the things you're looking to achieve both in the short term after the launch of the app as well as in the longer term?
1: Yeah, uh, so, so many things. Uh, but on the short terms, you know, let's call it the next 12 months. Uh, first of all, we have very clear KPIs uh, we want to achieve uh, to show the viability of our business at a minimum scale. Call those, you know, very clear operational and business goals probably the boring, but the most important part. Uh, We want to gather feedback, feedback, feedback from users. You know, are we helping them? If so, how are we? Are we achieving our ultimate goals? Uh, You know, this will help us fine tune our offering and and really hit the nail better. Uh, We'll also be rolling out some exciting new features based on hyper personalization. You know, we're excited to see this live in the market in the coming months. We believe this will be a game changer for our users. Uh, We're super excited about that. And then, you know, we'll, we'll start to aim to raise a pre-seed round to hire, you know, a team and expand our business sometime in 2024. On the long term, um, there's a lot of cool features to, to, you know, further help our users, you know, including some content. A, a big thing we're looking at is community based exchanges. So maybe you can follow other people on the app, uh, see what some of the you know, thought leaders in the industry are, are, are buying and, and using. Uh, and, you know, a bunch of partnerships, once again, with the best people and brands in the space. There's a lot of events we can we can run and be partners in. We always want to bring you know different type of value to our users essentially, and then you know geographical ex- expansion, starting with making sure we're everywhere in the UK, including rural areas, which has a strong demand, uh, and then a couple of European countries that have uh, similar pain points uh, and issues that we want to solve.
0: Great, yeah, and as one final question that we love to ask everyone who comes on the show. What are the pieces of advice you'd wish you'd gotten as you were starting out in entrepreneurship? That's
1: a tough one. Uh, there's a lot. Um, I think the biggest lesson I've learned so far is don't take anything for granted. Essentially, what seems easy to do is probably quite hard. And what seems impossible to achieve has an easy solution somewhere. You just need to find it. You know, time and time again, I'm reminded of this. You don't know how complicated something is until you have both hands in the project. Don't assume things based on what someone else tells you, you know, this is especially true in tech, obviously, but I think it, it, it's really relevant for every part of the, the business. For me, you know, I, I'm super lucky to have a great co-founder. And essentially every time I think, uh, something we can do, we're stuck and it's impossible. She gets us out of that situation. Uh, and every time I think something is easy and, um, you know, i tell her I can do it in a couple hours. She gives me a little bit of a tap on the you know on the head and be like, hey, re- remember this lesson. We 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 don't need to learn it again. Uh, so that I think that's the biggest lesson I, w- I would tell myself uh, early in the entrepreneurship journey, but just anyone.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us today, uh, Guillaume. It's been a really illuminating discussion. We've heard some am- amazing insights. Uh, we're so excited to see the Swizzle app launch soon and see where you take it from here. Do you want to remind us again about the app launch date and where our listeners can look to sign up?
1: Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, So we'll be launching mid-July 2023. So if you're listening uh, to this past August, go on the Apple and Google Store to download the app now, like right now. Uh, If it's before, uh, simply go on swizzledelivery.com and sign up to be contacted first when we're launching and get some early customer discounts. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Much appreciated.